Good afternoon. I'm Bill Darcy, CEO of the NKBA. Thank you for joining us this week for NKBA Live, Brave New Business. I hope everyone, your families and colleagues are healthy and safe. Our topic today is weathering the storm, navigating the stimulus package. In addition to our health crisis, there are difficult financial consequences as a result of COVID-19. Right now, we're gonna to talk to the experts from the finance sector about the federal stimulus package. We selected UBS Financial Services to talk with today because of their longstanding relationship with the NKBA. They have been working with our management team as well as the NKBA Finance Committee and Board of Directors to oversee short and long-term investments for many years. I'd like to welcome our guests from UBS, David Murphy, Senior Vice President, Wealth Management, and James Jack, Executive Director, Head of Business Owners Client Segment. Just a little housekeeping before we begin, we'll have some time for questions at the end, so please type those in the Q&A function at the bottom of your screen, not the chat, please. If you type in the Q&A area, your questions will remain completely anonymous, and our team will get to as many of them as possible. We're happy to say that today's session qualifies for one half CEU credit for NKBA certified designers. And I also want to take a moment to thank NKBA award-winning designer, Cindy Applenap Yates for the use of her beautiful kitchen design in my background. Okay, let's jump right in. Dave, can you give us an overview and then uh, turn things over to James to share his expertise? Thanks, Bill. You know, we are here today to uh, discuss the new coronavirus relief program that recently uh, passed Congress. Uh, it is designed uh, with small to mid-sized businesses in mind, uh, but like most government programs, there is some confusion as to who is eligible for relief and, and how to apply. So today we hope to shed some light on this uh, beneficial program and reduce some of the uncertainty behind it. Uh, UBS has studied the eligibility rules and has come up with some practical solutions that should be useful to you and uh, your company immediately. So what I'm going to do is uh, uh, turn it over, turn the webinar over to James Jack now, who as an executive director with UBS, and uh, he will guide you through the highlights of this new relief program in a concise and hopefully thorough manner, including who is eligible, how and where to apply, and what are the guidelines. So let's get started. I'll turn it right over to James Jack. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks, Dave, and uh, thank you, Bill. Thank you, everyone, for for joining to, for joining me and letting me join you guys today. Uh, I just saw a question pop up on my screen. It was something we were talking about in the in the pre meeting. Um, it, you know, is this for Canadians or Americans? So I'm going to focus on the U.S. stimulus package. Um, that's really my area of expertise. But I will say uh, early on is that um, if you are Canadian or whatever, um, you know, you still may be eligible for the U.S. Um, CARES, the Paycheck Protection Program um, or PPP program, um, because the program is really about supporting and helping uh, American employees. So if, if, for example, you, you know, if you are not a U.S. citizen, but you happen to have a store in the United States um, with um, American workers, you know, you're still you're still very much eligible for the program. Um, and maybe one other point: I just if 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 you are um, Canadian or or wherever, um, you know, I, my advice to you would be to seek you know your local advisors 
um, for information about whatever programs they may be having. Um, you know, I know that there's a few folks on, on the management team here who um, are Canadian as well, so there might be something in the future. But my, my expertise and area uh, of focus is, is on the US, the US rules. Um, so hopefully that sets kind of the ground stage of, of, of what we're going to talk about today. I'll just, I'll just start really about, this is a really critical time. Uh, I'm sure many of you with your own businesses are, are very anxious and, and concerned about what's going on. And not to mention concerned because the news um, seems to be changing almost every day about this program or, or other programs like it. And so my hope is that by the time we're done today is I can give you a little bit of insight about um, where is the program at right now? What's changed in the last few days? And then really start to dive in a little bit deeper about the specifics of this program. I'm hoping that many of you um, have gotten the loan already. Um, and so are just kind of wondering what the, the specifics are, what you need to do for going forward. And so we'll talk a little bit about that. I'll also talk a little bit about the conversations I've been having with your peers, with business owners. Um, as the head of the business owner client segment for UBS, my focus is working with our advisors like David to bring advice and guidance uh, on business owner topics. So that's, that's the ground, my, you know, kind of the ground rules I was hoping to get through. And so what I plan to do is I have a few slides. There's, there's more slides that um, we can get to you um, that provide much more detail of the programs. Um, but we'll, we'll keep them up for you. We'll keep, you know, one or two of these slides up for a little bit as I go through it and, and we'll go back, but just know that there's, there's certainly a lot more uh, available, uh, a lot more information available to you if you'd like. So um, the, the coronavirus is impacting business owners. And so as we all know, um, there's been a, a bunch of different programs. So there's three that we'll talk about high level today. Um, and actually maybe four, because there was a fourth one that was just added. Um, but we'll really focus on the Paycheck Protection Program. So the other three programs before I get into the, the PPP program are the Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program, or EIDL, it's in the top left bo uh, box on this. That's a program that's, um, it's a loan for up to $2 million with a 30 year, up to a 30 year maturity, um, and it's available for nonprofits and small businesses at 2.75 and 3.75% annually. Um, but this loan requires underwriting, collateral, and a personal guarantee um, if the loan is more than $200,000. So it's much more like a traditional loan, um, but it just it, it's at long term and low rate, and um, um, it's not forgivable like the PPP loan is. So you, you do have to pay this back, and if you don't, you know there's there's an impact to your personal credit. Um, one interesting thing about this program, though, is it allows up to ten thousand dollars for an emergency grant. So you can get that. That's forgivable. That's just, you know if you ask for it right when you apply, you can get that. Um, and you apply for this loan um, at sba.gov. It's all done on their system. I have yet to hear a single person who's actually gotten it though. Um, I think everyone's kind of focused on the PPP loans first and then they'll get to the EIDL loan. Um, and a question I get commonly is, can I get both the EIDL loan and the PPP loan? Um, and the answer is yes, you can. 
However, you can't use them to pay for the same thing. So you can't use them both to pay for payroll, for example, or both to pay for rent. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about allowable uses with the PPP program, but really a lot of the specifics on it are, are, are fairly vague um, and it's kind of all managed by the SBA. The other two um, is the one right below that, which is loans for larger businesses. I won't get too much into this one because I don't think it's entirely relevant here, but it's for people who have more than 500 employees. Um, and with this loan, a lot of the terms have not been described yet. Again, it seems as though um, you go directly to the treasury for these loans um, and um, they're meant again to maintain payroll, but there's a lot of limits on compensation and stock buybacks and things like that. So I, unless some, there's more specific questions that people have more than 500 employees, I can go into it later or we can have a chat. Um, but effectively, I don't think that based on what I've just spoken with Bill and Leanne and everyone, it's entirely relevant for this audience. And the fourth program, it's not on this, this, this page uh, here, but it was announced last week. Um, at the end of the week, it's called, um, it's called the uh, Main Street Lending Program from the Federal Reserve. And again, the rules on that are not finalized yet. So it's just basic stuff has come out. We expect over the next week or so that more will come out of that. But basically, that one is for small and mid-sized companies up to 10,000 employees. Um, larger loan sizes, a million dollar minimum up to, up to 25 million potentially max um, if it's a new loan. Um, so again, it might be a little bit outside of, of uh, some of the businesses here, but that's another program that's available and, and being kind of finalized. And we'll know more about that in, in the next few weeks. And if that is of interest, uh, you know, we can, we can certainly find out more information and get it to Bill to get to you guys. Um, but the main focus is uh, the PPP program. So first, let me address probably the elephant in the room on this, on this call is the PPP program is a, you know, first come first serve program up to $349 billion. And the interesting thing, I guess, about it is that the program's running out of money. It actually probably already has run out of money. Uh, and only, I think it's something like 1.2, 1.3 million people have gotten this loan. Um, there's millions of businesses in the United States that are potentially eligible for this loan. So what does that mean? Um, I think the good news is, is that we expect this program will get something like $250 billion of additional funding. It's just a matter of, of when. Last week, uh, Senate Republicans tried to approve a clean, add $250 billion uh, by unanimous consent. It was blocked by Senate Democrats to add additional funding for other, other areas that are concerned to them. And so, you know, it's, I think, all of our hope that they come to an agreement fairly quickly um, because as of today, really, you know, unless you've been approved, you're kind of in limbo. And there's, you know, thousands and thousands of people who've been gathering documents, submitting information, and, um, you know, are now left on the, in the cold. Um, so what I would say is to you is if you're one of those people is, um, stay patient and, and remain, you know, and, and remain as calm as possible because we do think that the funding will come. And when that happens, you know, the next tranche will open up and, and hopefully your lender will, uh, will start moving you through the process. Um, so that's just something I wanted to get out right away because we're monitoring that uh, and, uh, 
and and we'll look for it. But don't think that just because the program has ended that uh, at least it has run out of funding today that you know you've missed you've missed the boat um, because I think you know uh, we're fairly confident that that they will get more funding and 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 then loans will continue to be be worked on. So the with that said, let me give a little high level. Let's lay the ground rules of what the program is. Get everyone on the same page, and then maybe we can we can use some time for questions uh, that you guys may have on more specific things to to your businesses. And I've gotten some questions in advance, so I'll try to um, I'll try to uh, address some of them ahead of time. Um, so the PPP program it's for small businesses with U.S. employees of um, fewer than 500 U.S. employees. So what does that mean? It means um, if, for example, your business is operates in both, you know, the United States and Canada, let's say, um, the employees who are not American in this example, Canadian, um, don't count towards your 500. So if you had 600 employees and 150 of them were not American, don't, didn't live in America, it's living, it's the, the residence is what matters here. Um, then you're still eligible for this program. Um, that was a change that they added about a week ago. And so that actually, you know, makes more businesses eligible, which is great. Um, and the loan size is based on two things. Um, so it's either $10 million or 2.5 times your average monthly payroll, um, whichever is less. The actual formula also includes if you have an EIDL loan that I talked about before, but my guess is overwhelmingly that doesn't apply. So just keeping it simple, it's two and a half times your payroll. A question we get often is, is it my 2019 payroll or is it my last 12 months? And the answer is really both. Um, the treasury says you could use either one. Um, so some lenders may have said, okay, it's only 2019 or it's your last 12, but technically the rules are you can choose between which one you want. Um, and what you need to do is, as a business owner, you need to gather as much evidence for your payroll as possible. If we could move, if we could just put that slide back on that we were on just at the end real quick for a minute. Um, on the left-hand side, I listed all the things that the government says are payroll. Um, yeah, and so it's salary and wages, commissions, cash tips if it's like a restaurant, um, payment for vacation, parental, family, medical, or sick leave. Um, allowances for dismissal or separation, so, you know, laying someone off a package. Um, payments for provisions of, of group health and care benefits and, and insurance premiums. Um, payment for retirement benefits, like 401k plans or profit sharing plans. Um, and the state and local taxes that might be assessed uh, for employees. Um, if, you're, if you don't have employees, but you're a, an independent contractor or a sole, you know, you know, a sole uh, proprietor. You are also eligible for this program as of last week, and so for those folks, um, you get to include your your compensation up to a hundred thousand dollars in one year, um, prorated for the period. So, effectively, you know, one hundred thousand divided by fifty-two. Uh, you know, times, and so that will get you kind of your weekly number and you can then calculate the, you know, that times two and a half for the monthly version of that. So that's what you include. What do you not include? And this we get, people get tripped up on a lot is there's a limit on up to a hundred thousand um, dollars. 
And so if someone makes $150,000, as an example, per year, you can include up to $100,000, but not the second, you know, the next tranche of 50,000. So it's not that you don't get to count them at all. You just only get to count their first 100,000. And then related to that question is, well, what if, you know, they're getting retirement benefits or healthcare benefits? And so you still get to count those two. So let's just say, as an example, someone makes $120,000, which includes retirement and in healthcare. So it's $100,000 plus $20,000 for those other things, as an example. Um, so you would get to count the full 120. You know, you get to count them to 200 for salary, and then anything above that in terms of the retirement benefits and salary benefits. So it's only the salary portion that's capped at $100,000. Um, you don't get to count taxes for payroll or, or income taxes. There's a slight nuance that which just came out two days ago. Um, this is one of the great things about this program, which I, I'm you know, saying that sarcastically, is the program is not finalized yet. It's changing every day. Um, so we're kind of riding the bus while building it. But um, you originally it was you don't get to include payroll taxes, but you can actually include the portion of payroll taxes that an employee pays. So only the employer taxes aren't included. So that could make a difference. Um, and then um, certain credits that for family leave from, from the coronavirus, the second phase of the, simulation, uh, the stimulus. So that's what you need to calculate. Um, and then the question becomes, what can you use this loan for? And you get to use this loan for, uh, which is in the kind of the middle box here on the right-hand side, um, payroll costs, like I described before, um, mortgage interest, rent, and utilities. So utilities being electric, gas, water, transportation, phone, and internet. Um, those are what you're allowed to use this for, and this loan can be forgiven. So there's no personal guarantee, um, which is great. There's no traditional credit underwriting, like unlike the EIDL loan. All they're looking for is your average payroll, getting that number, and then you can potentially get this forgiven, which means it becomes a grant. Um, important point that we get is, if it becomes a grant, does it count as income for my taxes? And the great answer, at least federally, is no. Um, they, you know, there's a special kind of dispensation that this is a one-time thing and doesn't, it won't increase your, your income uh, on, for your taxes purposes. So you get to, you get to use these loans for these things and it can be forgiven. The, the rub though is that whatever you get forgiven, 75% of that has to be used for payroll. I'll say it one more time. Whatever you get forgiven, 75% of that has to be used for payroll. So the question that's going to happen is this. You're going to get a loan. Let's just say it's $100,000 for sake of simplicity. If you want that loan entirely forgiven, at least $75,000 of it, 75%, has to be used to pay people. You can use $25,000 to pay for mortgage interest, rent, or utilities. That's the first thing, right? The next thing is, is you need to determine how much of that you'll actually get forgiven because it's not all or nothing. A common question we get is, you know, how do I actually get it forgiven? Is it, you know, is it 100% or 0%? And the goal of the program is to keep people employed. And so if you understand that, that really sets the foundation for 
this forgiveness calculation. And I'm going to say something here is, which is the forgiveness rules have not actually been finalized. So we're two weeks into this program and the government has actually not really specified a lot of the rules on this. So what I could tell you is what we know right now. And so they've created this formula that's on the bottom right of the page here, which is how do you determine the amount that can be forgiven? So before um, I was talking about that, you know, whatever you get forgiven, 75% of it has to be used for payroll. Here, we need to find out what you can get forgiven. So let's go back to our $100,000 loan example. If it's $100,000, the question becomes, how much of that $100,000 can I get forgiven? And they do a, a calculation. And the way to determine that calculation is you, you see how many employees did you have on a full-time basis um, for the eight weeks after you get your money, okay? So let's just pretend that you had nine people employed during this eight week period. We're gonna keep it simple. You're gonna take that nine and that's gonna be your numerator. And then you're gonna divide that by the denominator. And the denominator is a choice. So for most employers, I'm sure everyone on here, you get to choose. If you're a seasonal employer, you have to use February 15th through June last year. I'm assuming no one's a seasonal employer here, given, given the, 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 the audience, you get to choose. And so what I would advise you all is look at the number of full-time equivalents you had in your business from February 15th through June 30th of last year and compare it to January 1st to February 29th of this year. You want to pick the number that's smaller. So let's just pretend that of the two numbers we had was 10. So if we go back to our example, we have nine employees now. But back during one of those two periods, I had 10. So that means I've let someone go or someone has left in this example, right? So nine out of 10, they're going to run the math and say, nine out of 10 is 90%. So that's how much you can get forgiven. So if it's 90% times 100,000, that means I can only get 90,000 of it forgiven. And then the next part is of which 75% of that 90,000 has to be for payroll. It's kind of clear as mud, right? It's, you have to really think about it in that sense is how many people do I have now? How many people did I have then? That will help determine what I can get forgiven. And then part two of that is of that that I can get forgiven, at least 75% has to be used for payroll. And the reason for all that is they don't want you laying everybody off using this money to pay for your rent and utilities, and then taking advantage of what's in the green box on the bottom, which is an exception that if you bring people back by June 30th, it's as if they were with you the whole time. So let me talk about that for a second. James, can I ask you one Indeed. question? Yeah, Bill, go ahead. Just, just on, the, maybe it jumps too far ahead, but on this additional stimulus, you know, I did hear some things about, you know, the, the challenge with companies, 75% of payroll and the 25% balance is not enough to carry me to the next months, you know, so it's great, it's great to engage and I mean, the goal to keep the employees, but if I can't, if I don't have it, if that 25% doesn't let me pay my bills, it's, 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 it's not effective. So have you heard anything about the additional right. stimulus of potentially balancing that more? 
50-50 versus 25-75 or any, anything about that? That's one of the most common things that in the discussions I have with clients is they say, well, it's all well and good, but you know, that I'm getting this, but what if I'm not back up in business in June? You know, then it's, we haven't really achieved anything. So that's a common concern from business owners. I think if the, if the issues with the economy being shut down by the government continue into the summer, there will be a revision to this law that will allow some changes. That's my feeling. In terms of the 75% being used for payroll, that I do not think will change because the goal of the program has always been to maintain payroll. They don't want people using this to pay rent or mortgage or something else. So I don't think that will change. I mean, it's possible, but I, they, that was something, that 75% rule was put in after the fact when, they've had, to, when they had time to think about it. And, and they provide pretty mm. concrete reasoning as to why they went that route. Um, so I don't think that will change, but what could change is that if this thing goes on for so much longer, that the dates may change, that the eight-week period, so all of these costs can only be used for the eight weeks from when you get the loan, that might change. They might say, okay, you can actually do it for 10 weeks or 12 weeks. Um, your loan won't change, but at least it gives you more flexibility. So they may do that. That I see could potentially happen, but I think if that does happen, that won't happen until sometime in May or even June. The, the $200 billion or $250 billion expansion they're trying to keep that as clean as possible. It's just adding on more money to get more people to loan. Then the, the intricacies of figuring out the rules, I think will come, if they do, will come later. Um, Let me ask you another question if I could. I, I, I don't mean to be yeah. rude to our audience. I'm trying to, we have so many questions in the q and I'm trying to read the Q&A and stay engaged with everybody on the camera. But no worries. Uh, can you talk about the furloughing? Um, if, if, if companies furlough employees, for a period, say until June 29th yeah. or for a period, and then bring them back, will they still be forgiven or not? Yeah, it's a perfect question because that was, that was literally the next thing that, we were gonna talk, that I was going to talk about. So great, we're on the same page. So the, the rule states that if you've let people go already and you bring them back by June 30th, it's as if they were with you the whole time. So in that scenario I gave before where you had nine people now and that's your numerator, but you used to have yeah. 10, so you laid someone off. If you brought that 10th person back on June 29th, let's say, it's as if you had 10 as your numerator and therefore your forgiveness goes back up to, you know, back up to 100%, okay. even though you didn't pay that person at all, right? And so that's, that's why that 75% rule is because if I laid everybody off and then used my money to pay for rent and utilities and then brought them all back on June 29th, I didn't give anyone payroll and I just paid my rent. That's why they added that extra 75% rule, if, you, if, if that makes sense. Um, so the question about furloughing and what should I do on that? Um, it's a great question. And we have this conversation all the time. And obviously, it depends on everyone's specific situation about what, you know, your business. But my advice is you should do what's best for your business so that it can stay alive and, and survive. And if that means that some people have to be their hours reduced or, um, or maybe even furloughed or laid off, I think that's a decision you might have to make. Now, the, the timing on bringing them back and then not hurting you, that has to be done before April 26th. So you only really have 10 days 
from now to make that decision. So timer is the, the timer is going. Um, so you want to come up with a decision now. More often than not, though, we're hearing from business owners that say, I laid someone off, but now I don't know if I can get them back on June 30th because they're getting an extra $600 from the government on unemployment benefits. And that's a real concern. Uh, and I don't fortunately have an answer for that because it was something that was recognized as, well, we're, you know, we're making kind of a moral hazard on some folks. So it, I think it's got to be something like a conversation with your employees and say, listen, um, I don't have the money to fund you because of what's happening to pay you. But what I'm thinking is, is I furlough you. So you get your pay plus $600 from unemployment. And then I'll bring you back on June 29th. And that will allow me to, you know, or by June 30th, whatever it is. Uh, and that will allow me to get this loan forgiven at no penalty and we can keep the business alive and then you'll be back. And hopefully, you know, we're, we're sharing in some of the pain equally. That's what we're seeing a lot of conversations on and people thinking that through. Um, but it's certainly not an easy, an easy one. And it's not something I can provide, you know, at a, you know, here's what you definitely do. But the other thing you need to be thoughtful of is each state, each local jurisdiction has their own rules about laying people off and furloughing them and depends on the size of your company. So you need to talk to your tax and legal advisors as well about how do I make those decisions because am I triggering something else that, you know, in one state happens where in another state it doesn't. And usually that's for much bigger businesses. Um, but talk to someone who's got kind of some expertise there um, because it, it could definitely make a difference um, for you as a business person. Well, I hate um, to say we're out of time, but you, uh, there's so yeah. much here, James. Thank you so much for you and Dave for being on with us today. Um, uh, I know you, you have other things to run to here, so we want to you know, let you go. But again, I think it's been very valuable. We'll hear the feedback. We'll try to get some of the questions uh, to us and, and try to get those members' answers to those questions. Uh, we'll throw up a slide at the end uh, that will give some contact information for David and to see if anybody, you know, you, at EBS will help these these folks. If they want, if you want to get deeper, though, certainly refer you to UBS and to set up your own, you know, private uh, direct conversations um, with them. But uh, we hope to bring the value here from NKBA to everybody. Uh, we will be posting a recording of today's Brave New Business uh, on NKBA YouTube channel and Facebook page. So if you you were taking notes and you wanted to rewind and, and do that, you, you'll be able to do that. Next Thursday, we'll talk about harnessing the potential of e-design with interior designer and e-design expert, uh, Jenna uh, Gattuzek from Gainesville, Florida. Uh, she's a founder of and CEO of e-design tribe. Uh, joining her will be Jeremy Bauer and Jason Clifton, NKBA members and partners in Bauer Clifton Interiors, an interior architectural and design firm in Alaska where certainly digital communication is a vital tool. Uh, stay safe, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Hope you saw value in today. I, we saw so much in the Q&A, and sorry we couldn't get to everyone's questions live. James and David, thank you again for being with us uh, for this edition of Brave New Business. Everyone, see, see you next week. Stay healthy and safe.